Welcome to Interior Integration for Catholics. This is episode 117. This is an episode recorded live, and this is going to be released on July 17th, 2023. And we are talking today about this concept of, I'm going to use my air quotes, personality, end air quotes, and parts. How do we understand this, this, this concept of personality, which is so prevalent in our culture, it sort of imbues our culture. How do we understand that in the light of parts and parts work and internal family systems thinking? And how can we get in touch with the parts of us that in some sense seem to make up our personality. That's what we're going to be exploring today, not just conceptually, not just in the mind, but also in our hearts, also with our parts. And so I am so excited to have with me today, first off, Dr. Jerry Crete. He is the co-founder of Souls and Hearts with me way back in the day, and also the CEO of Souls and Hearts. He's been doing such great work in contributing to the weekly reflections. Many of you have seen over the last seven weeks, including last Wednesday, the exchanges, the discussions about parts in the spiritual life. Uh, we, we've been discussing the parts of Jesus. We can discuss Jesus' personality in quotes again today. So glad to have you with us today, Dr. Jerry. Thank you. Great to be here. And then I'm also super excited. Uh, Marianne Moreland is our lead navigator for the Resilient Catholics community. And she has been on a number of times over the last few weeks and super excited to have you back, Marianne, to be able to share with us your expertise and just your perspectives on these whole questions around personality, around parts, and just a blessing to have you tonight with us as well. Thank you. It's good to be here. So I have a theory. I have, well, it's more than a theory. I have a position. I have an opinion about this personality thing. And those of you that listened to episode 116, where I got into this whole concept of personality and why I am less and less enamored with the idea of a single unitary homogenous personality, those of you will have heard my position. But I really wanted to get into, in an experiential way today, this opinion, this belief, this assumption, if you will, that I have, that what we think of as our personality or what others think of us in terms of our personality is really a small group of manager parts that lead and guide our system on a day-to-day -day basis. These are the ones that are tasked with, that have taken over, that have blended with us and are fairly consistently in front, handling day-to-day -day operations, handling the day-to-day -day activities of our lives. And so these are the ones that are prominent. These are the ones that are in the store window, so to speak, right? Not the rest of our parts, which may not be given a voice, which may not be able to be seen, heard, known by other people, may not be able to be seen, heard, known, or understood by our own innermost selves, by our own selves. And so in other words, I'm saying that our personalities, if you will, are the parts that are at the tip of the iceberg, 
the part of the iceberg that is above the water that can be visible to others and visible to ourselves, while so many of our parts are below the water. And just because they're below the water, because they're not seen, heard, known, understood, that does not mean that they don't exist. So I wanted to throw that out there. It's pretty provocative in some ways. This is not something that I've seen Richard Schwartz argue at any length. I don't know that he's ever addressed it. I've not seen it in other theorists. Maybe you have, Dr. Jerry, you have, Marion, but what are your thoughts on this as I float this this proposition to you? Well, I I would say that uh, I think it's rather brilliant. And of course, I'm already in full agreement with you on (laughs) multiplicity of the human person. I like the way that you've explained that as a a small group, almost a management team, I think Mm -hmm. you said, Mm -hmm. um, that's up front. I also really liked the way you talked about the disorders and that it's such a negative view. Mm-hmm. And, and it made me wonder a little bit about those different kinds of disorders and coming at it myself from a trauma perspective. And I tended to look at the DSM and all mm-hmm. the criteria as symptoms of trauma. <laughs> all right so i already kind of already am a bit of a renegade there in the normal <laughs> you know psychological world uh looking at it that way and so it did make me wonder about these those you you mentioned a whole bunch of the obsessive compulsive right, right. and the narcissistic and all those different types and it made me wonder like if they're if they are exhibiting trauma symptoms is that the influence of exiles Mm-hmm. influencing mm-hmm. this management team. So that's where my brain went, which I know is a whole topic, but <laughs> just sharing that's where my brain went when you were talking about that. Absolutely. I totally agree with the idea that Excel's drive so much of what happens in our system because what are what are those what is that management team doing? It's trying to keep us from being overwhelmed by the intensity that are, of the burdens that our Excel's carry, right? So they're very invested and keeping most of the iceberg under the water, right? Because if it's not where it can be in conscious awareness, it doesn't threaten us so much. And so there's this idea that if it's not immediately there with us in in a conscious awareness, then it doesn't exist. So yeah, I totally agree with you on that. I think this is also a place where we see managers, where we see more protectors that also take on burdens, like managers that take on the belief that if they don't do what they're doing, everything is going to fall apart. And it's not necessarily that exiled part that's got the burden. The manager's just been like, this is what I got to do. You know, mm-hmm. here's how I got to survive. And so they pull out to those extreme beliefs where they're further away from self leadership. And then mm-hmm. you've got some pretty strong personality going, right? Well, and here's what I'm thinking. One of the one of the there are two ways that Daniel Siegel in interpersonal neurobiology characterizes pathology or dysfunction inside. He says you can either have chaos or rigidity. And I think what's happening when we start to see these really defined personality types, remember the personality styles were named after the personality disorders, like you were alluding to, Dr. Jerry. And so when things start to get more fixed, more rigid, they become more readily identifiable as enduring patterns over time as the DSM uh, or the psychodynamic diagnostic manual defines personality. 
But my idea is what if we actually have all the positive aspects of all of the personality styles within us, and we're really just not able to access them because the parts that carry those particular characteristics are simply not allowed to be present. And that would explain mm. how Jesus, for example, could be with so many people in so many different ways, representing so many different personality styles, because that's what was needed at the time. Pharisees needed a really firm hand. They needed somebody that could speak with power and authority to try to, to, try to influence them. But that's not what the woman at the well needed. She needed like a real gentleness, a real kindness. She needed a real compassion in that moment. And so depending on like what is called for in love, I believe these different parts of us, the more access we have to them in this interior integration, the more connected they are, the more that they can actually help and contribute to the loving of another. And that's the real reason why I'm so interested in this topic is because the commandment that our Lord gave us the first commandment to love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart, with thy whole heart, with all of your being, with all of your parts, I would interpret that. Not just with the few parts that are struggling to make sure that the other parts don't ruin it for, you know, for you. You know, not just the management team that's, you know, on the top of the iceberg. And with good intentions, I mean, they're again trying to help you survive. They're trying to help you maintain important relationships. They're help, they're trying to help you through the demands in the of daily life. But because they're not in right relationship with your innermost self, they don't have that breadth of vision. There, there's things that they're not seeing, and they tend to see the other parts in very reductionistic, very two dimensional, very one dimensional ways, not in the fullness of their ontological goodness being made by God. I think that's wonderful. Um, you know, I, I noticed in your, your talk, you made, you made a slight reference to Myers-Briggs and I always thought it was in... <laughs> and you love the Myers-Briggs, Dr. Jerry. Dr. Jerry loves uh, the Myers-Briggs. I, I don't think it explains everything. I right. just think it's an interesting tool, but I always thought it's interesting that it was a, um, you know, it's, it's based on a spectrum, right? right. So each right. of the letters and I've heard someone explain like Jesus would be the middle of all of them. So they would call that an XX, ah, XX. Okay. Center. And, uh, and I kind of like that because it resonated with me with what you were just saying. We take more of an extreme position. Maybe it's based on trauma. Maybe it's based on whatever, but, but, but we're being called to that middle. And you know, what also resonates with me. It's not exactly personality, but you did also mention kind of sideways um the uh for tem the temperaments and temperaments yeah. catholics, more catholics that i know or clients of mine are more familiar with the temperaments than they are with myers-briggs and mm -hmm. i always dislike the temperaments because <laughs> <laughs> i felt like they were so negative they all seemed awful to me and it wasn't until like choleric just sounds awful right or angry <laughs> depressed and the, you know, the phlegmatics are just like limp or something and so all, all these all these types just seemed so awful and and i once you know was was working with someone who, who loved that system and helped me appreciate it better but i it made me wonder like jesus must be in the middle of all of them like if the four temperaments are like four quadrants that Christ is calling us to that middle space. 
again, that all these tools that we use to measure personality and temperament, you know, they're all flawed in some way and they're all useful in another way, but there is still that idea that there is, there is something in the center or there is something that's, that, that, that there is a, a model for coming closer to being Christ-like in that. Well, I would expand that out a little bit too and say, not so much, now, now Marion, were you going to go there? I was just going to say, I'm glad you brought that up because that, that, that kind of personality style was my first introduction really to this idea of personalities. I was probably like 16, yeah, maybe 14. <laughs> and my parents were in Amway and they had to have all of these rah-rah books to be listened to and taken on. And so I got labeled really early, like driver <laughs> and political. And I'm like, well, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So are you trying to say I'm a pushy, thoughtful person, <laughs> you know, but mm-hmm. you're exactly right about how those labels just come across. None of them sound really good. Quite frankly, mm-hmm. it's where find that intersection between all of them that you really start to get the good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love your point, Dr. Peter, about maybe all those positive qualities exist within the person. They're just not activated or they're just, you know, hidden deeply sometimes. So that's a, that's a very positive and hopeful way to look at it. And that's kind of what I was thinking, going back to your, your analogy, instead of seeing like the XXXX on the Myers-Briggs, what I would see is that we have all of them in different parts. And then, so instead of like all the instruments in the orchestra playing one melody, that they're actually in various places with these. So one part might be very, if you're going to use the temperaments, very choleric, but it's only when that's really the best, you know, that that comes out when there's a need for a choleric approach or in other parts might have different qualities, you know, the the introversion, extroversion, you know, there may be times like in Jesus' life, I don't see him as sort of being halfway between being an introvert or an extrovert. I see him as sometimes being very introverted and sometimes being very extroverted. And mm. both of those exist and they're not sort of negated or canceling each other out. They're just both there. It's a both and rather than, you know, some sort of mean. So it's a looking at it, bringing it into like multiple dimensions, I guess is what I'm saying. So, so yeah, that is where I think it can be really, really helpful. In other words, that each part could have like its own personality, if you will. But in that case, I like what you just said there, because if Christ is is the epitome, the perfect example of really self-leadership, self-governance, then he can, he can decide, I need right. to go into the desert. I need to, and I'm lower in energy. I, I need to like have rest or mm-hmm. I need to apply my extroversion. Like I need to mm-hmm. reach out. He can, he can, he's in command of it. It's not just happening to him. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I love that. I love, I love that, that kind of way of understanding that he has full and complete access to all of his humanity, you know, being the perfect man. And that's, that's what we're looking for in souls and hearts. That's what we're looking for in this podcast. That's why we call it interior integration for Catholics It's a big concept for St. Thomas Aquinas, this idea of internal unity, inner unity, that we have this interior integration so that we can, again, be able to bring forth the goodness of all of our parts. Sometimes it troubles me in certain IFS circles because it can kind of seem like we're supposed to relate to other people, you know, from the innermost self. 
And all the parts should be over like in a parts daycare, you know, where they don't cause trouble because of their burdens and so forth. And what I would like to see is that they be included in that, that they be part of the richness because to go back to Richard Schwartz's orchestra model, you know, where the, the innermost self is the conductor and the, and the parts are the musicians. If it's just the innermost self, there's no music. If there's just the conductor, there's no music. The parts have to contribute the music. I have an idea. It's just hitting me right now. So you could blow it out of the water if it doesn't work. <laughs> I almost prefer the idea that the inmost self is not necessarily, let me ask the conductor, but what about the music itself? Like, or maybe grace is the music itself. What is the song being played? Right. Right. It's working through the instruments. So you want to work through the, you don't want to, you don't want to sideline. The, right. The right. You want to hear it, but maybe you want, you want to be playing this song and not that song for some reason or another. That's what's yeah. troubled me about the orchestra model is also that there's a score and that you just have to conform to the score. Every musician has to conform to the score. So I like the image of a jazz band better because in a jazz band, the leader of the jazz band is leading and guiding and directing, but he's also playing an instrument and there's room for improvisation. It's There's room for the parts to kind of riff off of the main melody and to, and there, there's this sort of discovery and excitement and, 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 you know, anticipation and not knowing exactly how it's all going to work out, but there's still order in it. There's still, there's still a sense of cooperation, collaboration, harmony. Uh, but there's also like this idea that we can share the initiative. It's not just being dictated by the score. So, so I like that. I like that. I can go on and on about that. I'm going to, I'm going to stop there because I could, I could, I could feel myself. I could feel my parts getting super excited about that. And I um, do, I do want to, I do want to make sure that we have time for, you know, for the, the, the exercise, but yes, Marion, tell us. I was just going to say, um, I think it's Karen Grabowski. She wrote a book on internal family systems and eating disorders. And I like how she describes it because she talks about managers as being either um, a bully or a mentor. And so how close they are to self-leadership is where they're, where they're at on that bully or mentor, mentor spectrum. And what I like is that when we kind of go to that idea of bringing our parts into relationship with others, it's not being in self or out of self. We're not jumping in and out of a pool. We have self-leadership. So mm -hmm. the leadership can recognize the talent in these various parts and bring them into this dynamic, this new, this relationship. And that just really brought a lot of kind of clarity to what I was seeing, but mm -hmm. couldn't quite put the words to. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Again, very consistent with, with Thomas Aquinas and his emphasis in the Summa on self-governance, the, the importance of self-governance. And so we're finding that there's like some, some, some parallel lines. There's some, there's some convergence here of, of what we're, what we're talking about within sort of an IFS framework. And, and that's harmonizable with what we know to be true by divine revelation. So, well, good. Any, any other thoughts before we move into an experiential exercise? Anything else you guys would like to? Oh, let's ready. All right. All yeah, right. I'm ready to jump in. Okay. Excellent. And so an invitation here before we begin. So if you're listening, uh, if you're listening to the, to the podcast recording, just 
This is something that's better to do when you have the time set aside specifically for this. We're going to invite you uh, to do this when you have the time and the space. So not a good thing to do while you're driving or operating heavy machinery or working out. This is something that's going to take a little bit more. What's going to take more of your, of your attention and an invitation also to take what is helpful to you. If I offer something, if I make an invitation and it doesn't work for you, it's not helpful to you, be sure be sure that you can let it go. I mean, I, I really want to be clear that you can that you can just let things go that aren't helpful to you. If you find that you are having difficulty with some aspect of this, you know, you're exiting your window of tolerance to the upside, moving into fight or flight, or you're or you're uh, getting into hyper arousal, you can you can back away from this. It, you don't have to continue on. We want to make sure that what we do here it has a sense of safety and a sense of being grounded and good for all your parts. And the same thing if you find that you're dropping into a hypo aroused state, the dorsal vagal response, a, a freeze response, or a shutting down response. Well, then it's that also is a signal that some parts are not okay with what we're doing. And we want to make sure that we attend to that and we don't force parts with an experiential exercise like this. Even if there are eager managers that want to make sure it works or something like that, we really work by invitation. We really want to work in a way that is harmonizing with all of our parts that's good for all of our parts. If you'd like, you're welcome to uh, take notes. If that's helpful, write down things, freedom to do that. You're welcome to have your cameras on or cameras off during this time. Uh, if you're if you're if you're doing this live with us, and so yeah, with that, um, we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and get started. And so I'm just going to invite all of you to. Be in this present moment. And in this present moment, to know that safety, this felt sense of protection is really important. And we're going to be working with your primary managers, the ones that are in the front most of the time the ones that generally handle your day-to-day -day affairs. We're not going to be seeking your exiles out right now. We're not going to be looking to connect with parts that are not generally in front or handling day-to-day -day operations. We, we really look at these primary managers as your gatekeepers, the ones that we want to make sure that we are working with in a collaborative, cooperative way. And we're going to be working for about 25 minutes on this. And so there's a, a time limit to it. And you don't have to do anything that doesn't feel safe. You don't have to do anything that doesn't feel right or good. There's freedom here. There's options to take what's really helpful. And to leave anything that doesn't seem helpful behind. And if you notice that you're doing really beautiful work with your parts and it doesn't seem to track or line up with what I'm offering, I would say go and do the beautiful work with your parts. Feel free to ignore what 
I'm offering. That's okay. A lot of freedom here for what's most helpful to you. And so as we begin, I'm just going to invite you to notice what is happening in or around your body. Just to notice what body sensations seem to be present especially if those body sensations are pretty common, pretty familiar, around a lot. Just notice what's happening in or around your body. We're going to slow things way down as we focus on just being with. There's an invitation here to not have to do anything. There's a freedom in these moments to not have to achieve anything or accomplish anything, or get anything done. Rather, if parts are willing, we can have a focus on being with. On you as your innermost self. Being with your parts. Specifically, those primary managers, those parts that are blended, maybe most of the time, maybe almost all the time. And maybe you can locate one of those managers in or around your body. noticing a body sensation and maybe it's not a body sensation there could be you know a prominent memory or an image or maybe you're already sort of hearing a voice inside in a sense being able to connect with that part in some other way but to be able to focus in on a part that tries to get things done or a part that leads or guides your system often, navigates the challenges of life, is very present at work. Or in your parenting, or in some way that you are carrying out your role responsibilities day to day. And here's an invitation. Could that part look at you? And could you, as the innermost self, look at that part? Could there be enough space? Would that part be willing to relax and soften so that you could see that part and that part? could see you. 
would that be okay? And we're going to ask that no parts overwhelm you with the intensity of their experience, no parts flood you as parts consider softening and relaxing back, as parts consider being with you as your innermost self. That may be a really new thing for your managers, might be a really new idea. that there is this innermost self that is calm and connectedness and clarity. It's compassion and courage, creativity, connectedness. Would it be okay? And there may be some parts that are saying, no, it's not okay. I don't feel comfortable with that. It's not safe enough. And if that's the case, let's see if we can accept that that's where parts are at and just connect with them on that level. What, what, what would be the problem? What would be the concern? What's the, the worry? If, if you were to allow the innermost self to be more in front, What's the concern? What would happen? What would be the consequences of you as parts relaxing, giving space, We're going to ask that no other parts blend, that no other parts leap in at this point. It's really important for us to work collaboratively and cooperatively. So there may be parts that really desperately want to be seen, heard, known, and understood that may be considering jumping in. We're going to ask that they hold back so that we can work with these manager parts, these primary manager parts around the beginnings of a collaboration to allow much more regular access to the rest of your system. That's a long-term process. We won't be able to do all of that tonight. Tonight, we're really just working with those managers. And there might be one or two, maybe even three. But can you, as the innermost self, be with them? 
and get to know them. Would it be okay for you to have a big open heart toward these parts that work really hard to try to keep you safe? These parts that have such good intentions that are trying really hard with limited resources to make everything all right. Would it be okay to hear the stories? What do these parts want you to know about why they feel the way they feel? Why they think the way they think? Why they have the impulses they have? And why they try to influence you the way they do? There's reasons for all of that. If you notice that there's criticism coming in of these parts or negativity or judgment, that's another part. That's another part. And maybe that part would be willing to give you some space. Listening to these parts and accepting where your managers are doesn't mean that we necessarily agree or endorse everything that they say. It just means we're accepting that that's where these parts are at right now. There's no violation of one's integrity in just accepting where a part of oneself is right now. Big open heart to our parts.
And I'm wondering if these parts of you, these manager parts that are in front most of the time that handle the day-to-day living requirements of, of your life, that they navigate the day-to-day events and challenges, if these parts feel like they have to be your personality. just an idea is that resonate with them that they have to provide the relatively stable ways of thinking feeling behaving and relating to others as the psychodynamic diagnostic manual defines personality or do they have to provide the enduring patterns of perceiving and relating to and thinking about the environment and oneself as the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual Edition 5 describes personality, do they have to do that for you? Do they have to be your personality? Do they, do they feel that way? Are there typical patterns, their ways of operating, their modes of operating? Is that what others expect? Is that what they think others expect of you? Or is that what they feel might lead to the least amount of conflict with others? Or maybe that's the way they feel God wants you to be? They're external things, influences, expectations that they're trying to meet. just to be really curious and genuinely interested in their experience. Their role in your life.
And what needs are they trying to meet with those impulses and thoughts and beliefs, the ways that they are attempting to influence you? And can those primary manager parts of you, can they imagine what it would be like if you as your innermost self were leading and guiding your system, if all of the parts of you had what they needed, if no part was desperate, if no part had impulses where they were trying to get you to act out in various ways, if all parts had their needs met, if all of you could work together in a really integrated way, would that be interesting to these manager parts? Does that sound appealing? Is that even imaginable? And if that were safe and right and good, it wasn't threatening to include other parts, for other parts to have a seat at the table. What would be different about how you saw yourself or how others saw you? What would happen if the goodness in all of these parts were available. If the beautiful qualities of all of these parts could be accessed, what would happen to your personality? What's missing? In the current way of operating, do, do you have playfulness? Childlike awe and wonder? Warmth and affection. The ability to hold boundaries. To be assertive. 
What about openness to new experiences? A firm commitment to principles. A deep desire to connect with others. A sense of adventure. A depth of trusting. Is any of that missing in your, quote, personality? If any of it is missing or not present very often or not on a regular basis, it's not because it's not within you. It's just hidden. Would it be interesting? Would it be appealing? to have those things, but in a way that doesn't flood or overwhelm or destabilize you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, made in the image and likeness of God. What would it be? What would it be like to love with your whole heart, with all your parts? For there to be a place in your heart for every single one of your parts. And that every single one of your parts could play the music, could play in harmony. What would your personality be like then? If it's helpful, as we draw to a close, if it's helpful to write down some of the ideas, the responses to put parts voices into writing especially those manager parts so that you could go back and connect with them about that at some future point i invite you to write that down or to draw it out or to represent it in whatever way is helpful and then i'm going to invite you to Consider how you might consider working with your parts more in the future. We, we have ways of doing that in the resilient Catholics community. There are ways to do that with an IFS coach or a mentor or a therapist. There's ways that one can do this through some experiential exercises that I've offered in other episodes. But is there a way that you can not have this just be a one-off experience, but a more ongoing type of connection with your parts.
if that seems good and right and helpful. And I'm going to invite you to stay in touch with your parts to see if you can stay connected with your parts as we continue on in this episode, to be able to hear them, to connect with them. There'll be an opportunity to share and debrief for those that are present as we do this live. Just check with your parts about what they might want you to speak for them and what might be just best to be held privately, just for you as your innermost self to know. We don't want to overexpose any parts. We don't want to try to extract anything from them. We want to be able to be really respectful of parts' needs and their desires. And with that, I'm going to invite you to rejoin us in our in our experience today. Thought I might just kind of open the floor to you, Marion, and to you, Dr. Jerry, first, just to see like what that might have brought up inside of your system as we think about personality, you know, again in my my air quotes, um, what that might seem like to you, like what what you might have discovered, but only that which feels good and right to your parts to share. Well, I'm happy to get into it. I thank you, Dr. Peter. I that was a wonderful experience. It was really helpful. I kind of just entered into it to get to know this management team. And I was I was jotting down things to help me kind of organize it a little bit. But I identified four parts mm -hmm. that are part of my management team. And then I was able to kind of give them names. I had a bunch of characteristics, but then I summed it up in each name. And one I would say is I called it my lover part. And that's the part that is a husband, a father, and a friend. And that sort of came up. And then I had a, I called it a healer and helper part probably my therapist part <laughs> I'm relational and connected and, and that kind of thing. And then I had, a I, I, I guess I could call it a task administrator part and the one that has to clean things up and pay bills and answer emails and get some <laughs> calls and organize and all that. So that was one guy. And then I had the a creative part who was kind of creative slash intellectual. So, he kind of likes to get into, he's curious, he likes to investigate, he likes to research, he likes to just explore ideas a lot. And so those were the four that came up for me. And then when I was looking at trying to, you know, have my innermost self kind of see them, you know, I really like my lover part, my healer part, my creative part. Like they all, they all vie for attention and time. Mm -hmm. My poor organizer administrator task part is the one that's been kind of shoved to the side sometimes because you know it's not so much fun right <laughs> you can do those things and everything but the other parts are more fun and more interesting so that was what was coming up for me i it really challenged me though to think about personality because i didn't really think of my personality based on those four almost like roles, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, I would have said, you know, I think my personality, I hope people see as warm and caring, as curious, and hopefully intellectual. So I, I kind of saw like those qualities. 
which is different than these roles and activities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when you asked about needs, that spoke to me like my need for connection and my need to do something meaningful and with purpose. Mm -hmm. But that gave me fulfillment. So, and then I'll just sum it up. I'll just sum it up with this last part. I, I was realizing toward the end when you were talking about a, maybe a part that might be missing, like you were naming things that might have been missing. And I feel like I have an adventurer part. And I kind of was thinking he's like a mist, uh, my Bilbo, you know, he <laughs> mostly like to stay in my hobbit hole, but I do need to get out for an adventure sometimes, you know, have a vacation or do something outside my comfort zone, recreation, or just have fun and be, you know, this kind of thing. And so I maybe have discounted his importance mm -hmm. was what was occurring to me. So, yeah, so I had lots of thoughts and, and thank <laughs> you for the opportunity to just kind of put it out there. Uh, you know, any comments you have is fine or, or Marion yeah. can no, it's beautiful. I mean, I really like the, just the connecting with parts and seeing, and then this question of, is there anything missing, you know? And, and I, I know from just being in relationship with you for a number of years now and working closely together with you now, especially in the last three and a half years at souls and hearts, I, I sense these parts of you that are, um, that are up in front a lot, you know, but I also sense that there may be some parts, you know, that I don't see as often. And so it just, it's exciting for me to think about getting to know you better and being able to come into contact with more of your parts and to kind of get to know you and to, and to be able to love you in greater fullness, you know, with more of your parts involved, more of my parts involved. So. Thank so, you. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I, it just feels so much more fulfilling and meaningful to me than just a list of like, yeah, Jerry, you're kind of depressive and dependent. <laughs> you neurotic. Like that just that's relying on the negative. And, you know, like, so I really appreciate that it's a positive approach and that mm -hmm. I love what you said about wanting to get to know more of my parts. And mm -hmm. I feel that way toward you too. So that that's a way of building relationship. I love it. Well, thank you. So Marion, I just wanted to create a little space if you had something that sure. you know you might want to share with us. Again, no no pressure though. It's really important yeah. to be free, right? So yeah, it was um I, I think I kind of did a little bit like Jerry was looking at the sis more like the team. Mm -hmm. Who are the ones that are kind of out front? And I've got got a part that someday um I her, I think her name is Linda Alice. You know, sometimes she tries to be Wonder Woman and other mm -hmm. times thought like Alice in the Brady Bunch, trying <laughs> to fit all these things together. You know, it's the get stuff done and, and organize it like that. I think that's another huge thing. Like I, I can remember having that label since I was like really little, like that I'm the organizer. And then there's there's a troubleshooter type part. Which is interesting because I think sometimes this part wavers. Sometimes it's very management oriented. And other times it kind of becomes like an adrenaline junkie for me. So it can go into some firefighter type behavior, like causing me to do insanely stupid things or, um, <laughs> you know, going to danger zone. You know, I think that's the part that 
loves to respond after disasters Mm -hmm. because, you know, I get to really be present and deal with the problems that people are dealing with. But then there's also kind of that adrenaline rush of like driving through a place where the trees around you are still burning and it's kind of exciting, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and then there's, there's a part which it's, I don't feel like I have a good sense of this part in, in its entirety, but I know that it's kind of been historically been my peacemaker, but sometimes that's a bite your tongue to avoid creating conflict. I think that role, that this parts role has really changed maybe even more so as I've been parts work that it doesn't feel the need to bite my tongue as much, but it is also probably the part that kind of mm-hmm. pull that's my counselor, my mom, you know, my, my parent part, my wife part, you know, the part of me that really cares mm-hmm. about people deeply. What was interesting for me is, as I, I kind of mapped this out because that's kind of how I work most of the time. And I could even see like where the polarizations are at pretty clearly. And I was going along just fine. And you said something, do they have to be my personality, which kind of was jarring. I, you know, like I should have known it was coming, but obviously that thinking part wasn't online. So maybe that's a good thing. (laughs) Um, But it was like, do they have to be? And, and and so I felt like the answer kept coming back, no, but sometimes they get to be, you know, they get to be the gifts and talents, the way people see mm-hmm. me or mm-hmm. the bad sometimes too, right? And then Jerry made his comment about relationships and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I like look at these and none of the, the, the peacemaker is sort of relational, but it's also the part of me that will go most inside, just keep your mouth shut. I think it took the message when we were kids, maybe others heard this, that children should be seen and not heard. And it hasn't figured that I'm older. (laughs) And so sometimes, you know, you have to remind it a little. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the relationship, like it didn't feel like there's a strong part that drives relationship, which doesn't mean like doesn't mean that there's not relationship. So I'm just, I think I'm kind of curious about that. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I'm still kind of exploring that idea. Like, okay, so if I'm not seeing a primary manager that's doing this, you know, what, what is going on? So, yeah. 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 How do, how do we understand that? Because I do think one, one continuum that I think of in terms of parts is how focused are they on meeting attachment needs, relational needs versus how focused are they on integrity needs? And so that's where parts will sometimes polarize. One part might have a strong need to maintain good firm boundaries and make sure that you're not intruded upon or invaded. Whereas another part is all about maintaining the most important relationships. And so, so there's a tension there in there. And I think about these, that dimension. And that was kind of what I was thinking about when you were talking about, like, sometimes the management team could be more invested Mm -hmm. in the relationality, sociophilic types of things, really desiring relationship, or, you know, a, a, um, a management team could be really more focused Mm -hmm. on protecting integrity. 
And there's where you get into those personality styles, like a paranoid personality style is very much about protecting your own integrity, setting limits and boundaries. Whereas a dependent personality style would be more focused on maintaining relationships. And so if the management team has these qualities, that's why I start to think, and, and they get kind of fixed in that or consistent in that, that's where you start to see these personality styles or these, or even personality disorders become more prominent. I'm glad you mentioned attachment needs because that was the other piece that kind of going through this, as I looked at these three, it was like super clear, which one was meeting, which attachment need, Mm -hmm. you know, didn't, didn't even think about integrity needs. (laughs) That didn't even go to my brain. It was just like, these are the attachment needs. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was, it was interesting. Definitely going to be doing a little bit more (laughs) time with that. Well, thank you, Miriam. What I'd like to do is just kind of open it up to whatever seems important to address for your parts. And that could be if if folks would like to share their experience of what it was like to go through this exercise, there might be questions, you know, that are coming up about like how this works, you know, there might be some some ideas about that. There might be other things around personality, around parts, around how our internal systems operate. So just kind of wanted to open the floor up. And yeah, Amanda, I'd be very open to anything that you'd like to tell us. Well, thanks. It was fun. My parts, I was kind of surprised when I asked, I have a manager part, a main manager part, and I asked it and said, well, it's, it's really okay for other parts to share the airspace but only if the work gets done (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of a catch in there that the work never really gets done (laughs) so i mean okay like maybe we can like have fun and listen to some bluegrass music and sing along while we're getting the work done it's a big tension for me at this point that another part tends to be like okay enough finally enough and it hijacks the situ- the system mm. and then i go and like just goof off for hours <laughs> and then the manager come part comes back and has this nervous breakdown about it and i mean it I'm, as i say it it sounds funny but it's it's hard mm-hmm. so yeah it's, it's i see that kind of dynamic so often right because well, let me ask you, would it be okay for me to ask you, and you don't have to answer this, but does does that driving manager part that wants to get the work done, does it know how to play? Does that part familiar with what it what it is like to play? Or is that something that's not really in its repertoire? No, it's, it doesn't do that. <laughs> Other parts do that, mm-hmm. but not that part. Exactly, right? So, So that's why a single part or a small group of parts, I hope it doesn't constitute all of my personality you know, because there's more to you than that. There's obviously a part that knows something about playing. And so it's a question of how do we bring this together in a more integrated way? I just love that was really clear, the tension, right? And uh, I really resonate with that, with that in my own life, because I have a collaborator part, which is my workhorse. That part can just get on a bead and then I can have all kinds of rebellion happen within my system because it's, you know, I'm not living in a balanced, thoughtful way that nourishes all of my parts. 
So you can expect the pushback to happen. But that collaborator part, it can believe if it's not connected with my, if it's not a right relationship with my innermost self, it can believe that things can sail along pretty well. If we just keep going like this, but it's, it's in a way that's totally unsustainable. You know, so. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Amanda. Yes, Madeline, love to, love to have you. So I found that really revealing and interesting and it surprised me. And so when you first started, Dr. Peter, I was, I kind of became aware that all of a sudden I had a heightened sort of awareness or like a vigilance, you know, so, um, and I could feel that. I mean, it's moving toward tears as I sort of, you know, um, like turned towards it. And, and I could feel it, you know, in my tummy and stuff. And then you mentioned something about competent managers. And I've been working with my competent manager because this morning did a session with that part saying it's, would you like to just relax back for a while and take a break? So I, I sort of thought, you know, well, maybe I'll bring that part in, but no, it was the vigilant part that wanted the stage. <laughs> and so, so I learned a lot about that part just by going through it. I've never worked with it. I mean, I, I guess I know I have a vigilant part, but, um, and then when we finished Dr. Peter, I thought, oh, now I can fill in a parts identify identification sheet you know the ones that you, <laughs> yeah. you put that i always have trouble filling in but you asked all the questions that when i answer i could i can fill it in but it was what what i thought was interesting maybe you can i you can maybe i can ask you this so i felt in response to your question because i made notes all the way through mm -hmm. yes this part feels that it has to be part of my personality mm -hmm. And then, and why? Because it has to warn others off. Mm -hmm. Or, and then I ask myself, or is that an alliance with a, a feisty kind of firefighter part? Because they seem to be not quite the same, mm -hmm. but, but working together to parts form alliances. I mean, I know they do form alliances. Could that be an alliance? Sure, absolutely. I mean, I, I, because I haven't really got into alliances yet. So I have an alliance among four of my major parts. I have a really good boy part. This is my Catholic standard bearer. This is the one that really dictates what's right and wrong based on its own lights, if it's not connected in. Uh, and then I have my uh, collaborator part, which is my workhorse part, the one that gets things done. And I have my evaluator part, which is formerly my inner critic, but now goes by evaluator that judges you know, these things. And then I have my formerly my intimidator part, but now my guardian part, you know, and those four, those four often constitute my management team. And uh, yeah, they're, they're, they work together seamlessly in, in a lot of ways, you know? Um, and going back to what you were saying, Marion, even though I have a lot of, um, of uh, parts that are very sociophilic, that very much want relationship, those parts of me, my primary management team is very much about integrity needs. It's very much about being right, being good, being acceptable to God, and not nearly so much about relationships, you know, not nearly so much about connection. And so when I blend, when I lose my center, when I destabilize, 
I move into very task-oriented. I can become pretty authoritarian. <laughs> Sherry, Dr. Jerry's experienced some of this, you know, just in some of, you know, the tensions that we've had and, you know, in running souls and hearts. And, and fortunately, we've been able to weather some of that and we complement each other. So we've been able to work through a lot of that. So, so yeah, to your point, there are alliances and those are very important alliances to those managers but there also there also still is an incompleteness among the team, right? So if those were the only parts that people saw, they wouldn't see that I do have very sociophilic parts that are very much about relationship and connection and warmth and so forth. But you don't see that. That's not my go-to when I'm threatened. I don't move toward people when I'm threatened. I move away from people when I'm threatened, you know, so. Yeah, and I, I, I think that it, I just found it interesting that this was the only part that that kind of showed up, and and because that I know that I've got other managers, you know, <laughs> but but I thought that was interesting, and it was very revealing when you asked the questions about qualities, uh, you know, uh, could this part imagine if, and then you listed all these qualities, and that was that was really interesting and even that would be wonderful if that you know if that could be and i and definitely i thought yes i would be seen as a different person having a very different personality mm -hmm. and and i think this part even even liked that that i would be seen as being softer and more playful more stable because you know, a lot of my parts don't like the fact that I kind of am seen as being this, you know, tendencies toward DBT and getting, you know, get put in a box. <laughs> and I don't like that, mm -hmm. you know, parts don't like that. So I think it was, it was very, a very positive and interesting experience. Thank you. Well, thank you, Madeline. So great to, to hear from your parts and to hear the perspective. It's really beautiful. It's a gift to all of us. I appreciate it. You know, it's interesting. I was just kind of thinking as you both were talking that I, I think, well, at least it feels like in my system, the, there's the idea that managers are about doing things and relationship is about being <laughs> in relationship. Like that's the one place where it, it feels like it's become safe for the managers to relax back and just be not to have to do something to be of value. Mm -hmm. um, and I, yeah, so I was just kind of thinking that may be kind of some of that connection of why, you know, on the manager side, it's not so much the relationship that's out front. It's just kind of there. Mm -hmm. You know, Marion, I really like that you said that I was, as this was happening, I was just, hadn't really occurred to me before, but I was searching for another type of part. Like, you know, I'm going, okay, we have exiles and we have managers, protectors, whatever, um, firefighters. But part of me was like looking for another one, <laughs> kind of like what, what, what's the part of me that just wants to be, wants to be in relationship and isn't so much focused on always doing something. And I don't know what, what category that would be. Maybe that's self. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. I, we were just 
I was just teaching over the weekend and we were talking about how that deepest place in the heart is where we can find faith, hope, and love. And maybe that's kind of what we're skirting around. I mean, I'm not a philosopher, but just kind of very intuitive and like, maybe we're kind of talking about the same term. Mm -hmm. I just like the idea that a playful part or, uh, you know, uh, just having fun part wouldn't be manage a manager. <laughs> thing about that just seems wrong, right? I, I want to give it some name. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be a firefighter either, because, like, it can be really good to play. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think that's where that maybe that spectrum, if I think about it with firefighters, because I think firefighters on farther from self are like a bully but closer to self or more advocate. So advocating for taking care of yourself, doing something fun, having a pizza periodically or whatever, maybe not the whole pizza, a slice of pizza. <laughs> yeah, you know, doing something that doesn't have to be managed. Mm -hmm. Well, my hope is that we don't have managers, firefighters, or exiles. You know, that those all describe extreme roles. And we just have parts, you know, and I sometimes think about my parts that my managers as former managers, they can go back into being managers if they blend or if they are no longer in right relationship with the self. But, but yeah, I, I, I just start to think of them as by their names and I, I worry less about the, about the, the rules. That's a way that we can kind of understand parts that are blended or the parts of that are uh, alienated or exiled, but I agree with you. I don't, I don't think those three, I hope there's more than those three, you know, those three roles, you know, in our systems. And then I was thinking about little children, you know, our Lord says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God is made up, made up of such as these. And little children are pretty content oftentimes with being. They, and if they do things, they putter around. It's not essential. What they do isn't essential to who they are. You know, they're not earning their salvation. They're not earning the, the love of God or they're not earning the respect of other people. They're just puttering around, you know? And so can there be that kind of freedom that we have? Can we embrace an identity of being beloved little sons and daughters of God, cherished, treasured, delighted in? Can we have those needs met across all of our parts? Yeah, I, I always find when I'm working with a client and there's an unburdening of an exile and it's a child part, it's always that the child, I've almost crossed the board that the child is like playful and joyful and friend, like it's just delightful. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, how do we bring that, that part in, into the self system in a way that's integrated and, you know, and I feel like, most of our playful jesus said let the little children come to me i mean let those those playful wonderful parts need to be included even though we're adults you know mm -hmm. well, we got a couple of messages here one says thank you so much introduced to a new part and spent the whole time with that part but eager to find the other parts that comprise my management team will be doing this exile exercise again it was most enjoyable so thank you for that and then another one, I need to leave, but I wanted to add, for me, it was interesting to see how my body relaxed when I suggested to one particular manager, what if you were led by the self 
instead of needing to protect the exile. Mm. Just beautiful, right? You know? And then one said, yeah, my son never knows what day it is or what's coming up in terms of plans. I'm in awe, right? So yeah, I mean, to have that freedom, right? To, to, to be able to have a sense that we don't have to protect ourselves, that we are protected, there we are watched over, that we're the apple of God's eye. How can we invite our parts into that in a deeper and more immediately felt and experienced way, greater confidence in God's love for us? I want to thank you, Marian. I want to thank you, Dr. Jerry, for being with, with us today and taking time out. It's an evening. Very much appreciate your wisdom, your insights. And then as we typically do, I'm going to invite everybody to unmute if you would like, and we will invoke our patroness and our patron, Our Lady, Our Mother, Untire of Knots, St. John the Baptist. Pray. Pray. Pray.